and welcome to Knee Deep Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have a special guest, Mrs. Anne Murphy, who also happens to be my grandmother. Today, we will be discussing with her about her time in the Congresswoman's suite in the Capitol. All right, Grandma, thank you for being on the podcast today. Now, the first question I want to ask you is sort of to lay the foundation about sort of what the Congresswoman's suite is about. So what is the Congresswoman's suite? Sort of where is it and what is the purpose of it? The Congresswoman's suite is a hideaway. It's a group of rooms off the House floor. Actually, the address of it is H-235 in the Capitol. It's uh, off the House floor, off Statuary Hall. Uh, There's a sign in Statuary Hall over it that says Congresswomen's Reading Room. And before that, it says the Lindy Claiborne Boggs Congresswomen's Reading Room. In 1960, Speaker Rayburn, who was then the Speaker of the House, the Democrat from Texas, gave the room to the women members who were serving. And it's because it was a different time. It was a time when debate went on long into the night all the time. And people were lying around on the, in the chairs and in the cloakrooms waiting for the vote to come, waiting for the debate to be over. That's different now. They don't have that they take care of all that ahead of time, pretty much. But the women were complaining that there was no place for them while they were waiting for the debates to be over so they could vote. So Speaker Rayburn gave them these rooms, which were the original Speaker's office in the House of Representatives. When John Quincy Adams served in the House after he was president, he collapsed on the floor of the Statuary Hall, which was then the chamber, And they carried him into this room and put him on the couch that's in that room. And he died there two days later. And it was the custom then to just leave people to die like that. You know, they knew he was in bad shape and they didn't move him. And so he died in that room. And there is a bust of him in that room. So if you ever see a book on the Capitol, and there are a lot of picture books on the Capitol, they will have a picture of that bust. It's very famous, John Quincy Adams. Imagine being a member of the House after you were president. He came back and served for 18 years after he was president. That's that's a long haul. And how do they use it now? They use it as a hideaway. They come and they, there are several rooms in there. There's a sitting room, there's a big reception room, a kitchen, um, restroom, a lot of chairs, seven telephones. They use it pretty much to relax. It's not a room for staff. The members come and use it for themselves. They can bring it whomever they want, and often they bring people in to see this historic room where John Quincy Adams died. But it is not a room for staff to use. It is a room for members. So when that member leaves, their guests, and if they have a staff person in with them, that person leaves too. So people come and go all day long, depending on what's going on on the floor of the house. And they use the phones. And I worked there at a time before cell phones. There is, everybody has a cell phone now, and they can easily access everything from the floor or wherever they are. At the time, they would have to come into the suite to call back to their office to find out what's going on. Or they would get a message from me when they come in that, their office or somebody wanted to speak with them. Or they would be in the Democratic or Republican cloakroom and someone would say, 
so-and-so is trying to reach you and they would come in so they could use the phones in privacy. Okay, that makes sense. And that's... That's what they did when I was there. Now now I think they use it differently. I don't... I think they have their own phones. Yeah. And it's not so... And they know pretty well... I used to have to know what time the day was going to end. We would have a lot of amendments on the floor and how long they were going to take. And, And... so when the votes would be over and people would be able to leave so in general that's the most important thing I knew <laughs> what time we were going to get done at night and towards the end of a session you know you go long times into the day- night sometimes they ha- even have all night sessions I haven't noticed any all night sessions now with this current speaker but there were all night sessions when I was serving and while you were serving sort of what was your job there um, like what were you doing and what was sort of a day in your life sort of like? To take care of them and to take care of the rooms. Uh, generally, I had to be there an hour before the house came into session. So on a Monday, the house would come in at ten at noon and I would be there at 11. On Tuesday, they might come in at noon. On Wednesday, they might come in at 9. I'd have to be up there at 8 o'clock. Towards the end of a session when there's a lot of legislation that they want to get passed and that they're working on, I would have to be up there very early every morning. They'd come in at maybe eight o'clock, and I, and then leave after the final bill. I could leave um, after the legislation was done. Usually, I stayed around for some of the special order speeches for a while, and as people cleared out of the building, then I was able to go home. But what did, what did taking care of them sort of look like? Were you bringing them like beverages, or were you talking no, to them? What were you doing? I was talking to them, finding. They would come in and say, get me this, or call my office and tell them this, or um, do you have any, do you have an aspirin, <laughs> or, or just things like that. Okay, and what there is... Was, there are water fountains in the air, there are, uh, there's a refrigerator, they can keep things in to drink, and to have to drink, and things like that. It's a regular kitchen, so, depending. They, never, they would go down to the dining room if they wanted something to eat, they wouldn't. They wouldn't ask me for something to eat. Okay. And like, what was something that you really liked about working there? Like, what was what was what sort of kept you excited to be going to work? You would have to know how to how to change on a dime. If something was said to you at eight o'clock that this had to be done, and then somebody came in at nine o'clock and said, "We've changed our mind. We want to do it this way." I would just have to change the arrangement for the room or what was going on. The women members used to use it for for meetings pretty regularly when I was there because there were a great many of them and the year of the woman was a big deal when I was there. There are many more women now. I don't know how they use it now. I'm sure they use it the same way and I'm sure all those phones are still there. We have pictures in the rooms of every woman member who has ever served and I hope they've continued. I helped that that idea and when I left, every woman member who had ever served's picture was hanging. I don't know if they've continued that or not. So for the meetings, was it like all of the women members would meet together? Well, there was a women's caucus, and a lot of them participated. Some did not want to, and they didn't. And I think that is the same way now. Some want to be part, uh, want, to, want to participate in women's issues and so on, and others don't want to be bothered with a women's caucus. They think they would rather be part of the Democratic caucus or others. And some people belong to many caucuses. They 
black women belong to the black caucus and the women's caucus and there were a lot of caucuses yeah um and if what would you do what what tips would you offer then to you know people that were just starting their first term or like new members Um, well that was the biggest part about when they came is finding their way around the building and i would work there at a time when their bells signified what was going on in the house floor right now they have their phones and they can hear what's going on but the combination of the bells that you heard told you told you when the vote was how long the vote was how long you had till the vote was over so that was that was a big part of my thing i had to make sure that anybody who was in there had gotten out to vote and was paying attention to what the sounds were and often in the house the votes don't begin they might begin around noontime uh, they have committee meetings in the house buildings in the morning and they would come over to the capitol for votes about noon and you know be downstairs having their lunch in the dining room and coming up and voting and going back down to the dining room and coming into the suite and in general being around the building till the votes were over now they would always hope that the votes were going to be over around dinner time but often you know they would ask me what time are we going to get out of here tonight and i would have to say six thirty, seven o'clock eight thirty, or you know by the time they figure out how much legislation is going to be on the floor and the door people who run the podium and all know how much legislation is coming up and how long time has been allotted for it and how long the votes are going to be for each of them. Votes in general in the House are 15 minutes long. And so they'd be able to figure out when when we'd be over in the daytime. Sure, and people want to get home at night. They, you know, they were up there the next morning for committee hearing, for breakfast and committee hearings early, 8, 9 o'clock to have a committee hearing on the Hill. Their days are very long very long and they're on their feet a lot yeah because they've got to run back and forth if the meet committee meetings go on in the office buildings they have to run back to the committee meetings and then come back to the capitol to vote so there's a lot of you're on your feet a lot during the day yeah and what advice would you give to someone like today who is coming who is coming well you know they pretty much when they come they know what committees they want to be on and the choice of their committee is at the discretion of the speaker the speaker decides who is going to be on each. Now, once you have some seniority on a committee, there is a chairman, and the chairman will, you know, say to the speaker, well, I think this person would be good. <coughs> and they'll kind of maneuver to have that person come. Or, I think this person will be absolutely terrible, but if you really want me to take them, I'll take I mean, that's how, how it goes. It's kind of a trade-off on who's going to be on the committees. But that is, that's, that's how they get on. And... Um, I would suggest to a new woman, Mama, that she she's on the committee now, and she should just pay attention to what's going on on the in the committee, and what what the other members are bringing up, and what legislation she'll have a staff member assigned in her office who will be assigned to that committee, and she will be um, listen around for a while, get to know your chairman, get to know your chairman, what he likes, you know what does he like to be interrupted when he's Seriously, some don't mind. Does he like to, does he like a lot of argument on the floor? Does he want you to bring it up to him ahead of time what it is you want to discuss on the at a committee hearing? You, you get get to know the lay of the land after a while. That makes sense. Yeah, and not to make yourself so. I don't say don't make yourself up, but just get to know your chairman is the most important thing. That's good advice. Well, well I don't know if they take it, but I would get to know my chairman. 
But, you know, some of them, you know, remember they're a two-party system. Some people are Republicans and some are Democrats. In a Democratic House, it's the leader, the committee chairman is a Democrat. Right now, all the committee chairmen are Republicans because it's a Republican House. The speaker is a Republican. Yes. So uh, it's, you know, maybe maybe he doesn't get along with Democratic members. There's a ranking member on each committee. That is the member from the opposite party who has the most seniority. So and he, he would have a lot to say. And in general, a committee chairman, no matter what party, would pay attention to the ranking member to know what the problems are going to be with any kind of thing that's going to come up. Some of them don't talk to one another, but in general. And that is a new thing. Years ago, they all talked to one another. Of course, when I was there, I was there when the Democrats had control of the House for a long, long time. And then Newt Gingrich was elected. And uh, it was just a different, different feeling. Yes, different vibe. Yes, different vibe. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I think I think we've exemplified that you're a font of knowledge about the. Not really, not really. I really enjoyed it. Though. It was a lot of fun, and it was fun to know them and to just know what was going on, and it was good. And I didn't have a time for anything else. All I did was work when I was working. Well, <laughs> that's how it goes sometimes, I guess. But thank you for being on and thank you for listening.